Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. A friend of mine made a great statement in an online discussion recently, which was that Aikido is the only martial art which struggles to define itself for what it is and what it is trying to accomplish. This is a paraphrase, not an exact quote, but it's an outstanding observation and is absolutely true. The identity crisis of Aikido is directly related to this lack of clarity when it comes to what Aikido is trying to accomplish. I believe it is also one of the main reasons that Aikido has declined in popularity. It's difficult to attract new students when people are not clear about what Aikido is exactly. Who would pay for something when they don't even understand what it is? Having heard a great variety of answers to basic questions about what Aikido is and the benefits it offers, the answers are so confusing and convoluted that I am not surprised one bit that new people aren't attracted to Aikido. All martial arts are designed to deal with violence. Period. A handful of martial arts are designed for exercise and movement practice alone. You can think of typical Tai Chi in this regard. Tai Chi has a far lesser known applicable aspect, but most know it as being slow motion kung fu, which people do as an exercise program. Tai Bo is another example of a martial art flavored exercise program. Aikido has headed the same direction for the last few decades with how many dojos have formatted their practice. Once the aspect of dealing with real violence is removed, and art is not martial anymore. In Aikido's case, the aspect of dealing with violence has been largely replaced with the idea that violence can be avoided. This is only partially true. It also poses a major dilemma, which is, if you can avoid violence, then why do you train in your martial art at all? An added problem for those who believe negotiation, compromise, and avoidance will be 100% successful, what does a class devoted to these concepts look like? How does one practice them? If negotiation is what you are going to rely on to get you out of a highly charged situation, practicing your negotiating skills makes sense, doesn't it? I'm not saying that going physical in a tense situation should be your first choice. Using your head to solve your violence problem is always preferable. However, these things are nearly impossible to simulate in practice. Field Marshal Erwin Rommel said, Sweat saves blood, blood saves lives, and brains save both. Definitely using your brain to think your way out of a bad situation should be your first priority. The sweat comes in when those efforts fail or you are surprised to find yourself in a bad situation. That being, someone else has made a firm decision to enact violence upon you. This is the cold, hard reality of violence. While you might be able to talk your way out of trouble or use awareness to spot and avoid trouble before it starts, most victims are taken off guard and surprised to suddenly be faced with physical violence. Of course, we should not be going around picking fights or inciting violence. Very few martial artists train to do this. I would say that none do, but never say never. I'd say martial artists like this are so rare that you would have trouble finding one if you spent years looking for one. In the several decades I've been in the martial arts, by far the prevalent attitude of practitioners of all arts is that they want to use their art only as a last resort. That is, they will use their awareness and negotiating skills to their utmost, but their motivation for training is for when those things fail and they have no choice but to deal with physical violence. We must realize that we can be as peaceful and benevolent as a lamb, but someone else can decide to be violent. This is where there's confusion about the term fight. A fight not only refers to two or more people who consciously decide to engage in physical combat with one another. A fight is also when one person makes such a decision and starts beating on someone who did not agree to it. This is often referred to as a beating or an ass-kicking. 
Either way, even if you took no action whatsoever, you were in a fight. The fact that you lost and merely took a beating does not mean you were not in a fight. Aikidoka often say, Aikido isn't about fighting, which they tend to mean that Aikido is not about starting physical violence. This is true, but it is also true of virtually every martial art on the planet. Given the current state of Aikido, it would be more accurate to say, Aikido isn't about surviving a fight. I say this because Aikido has largely shown itself to be represented by people who do not have the practical skills to survive physical violence, even against unskilled attackers. This is what martial arts are designed to do and have been for centuries. Sadly, their study and practice have been so watered down that they are nearly unrecognizable from their martial heritage. I'd say Aikido is one of the worst offenders for this, and I believe the injection of religion by Osensei got the ball rolling in this direction. His son took it well beyond with the careful and deliberate image management to turn Aikido into something which it was never designed to be, pacifist in nature. Unfortunately, it appears the Aikikai, which is headed by Osensei's grandson currently, has no desire to alter this direction. It shows every sign of further taking Aikido down the road towards being a pseudo-philosophical quasi-religion which has little or no relevance to dealing with physical violence. Aikido as an art is having a major identity crisis. The good news is that practitioners who want their Aikido to have the robust physical effectiveness it once had are getting connected and doing their part to turn things around. I count myself as part of this movement. Where will it go? That's a subject for another podcast. The reason for this podcast is to get down to one of the primary roots of the problem, which is finding a good answer for dealing with physical violence, a fight. Without that defined, there will be no clear path out of the identity crisis. There are really only two answers to this dilemma. Either you are willing to deal with physical violence or you are not. If not, then you must accept that you are not studying or practicing a martial art. The one crucial aspect of what makes an art martial, which is surviving a fight, has been removed. If you're interested in physical exercise, meditation, movement practice, philosophy and spirituality, negotiation, or just surrender, that is fine. None of these require study of the skills, strategy, and rigor of physical conflict. It is your personal choice to pursue those things, and it's not for everybody. Before you make your decision, consider this. A study was done years ago which surveyed children through their school years. 80% had first-hand experience with physical violence. Four out of five children had been attacked or assaulted physically in some way. What are the odds you will go through your life without encountering physical violence? Chances are you will. What will the outcome likely be if you are not prepared to deal with it? One of the common arguments made to the idea of martial arts training is that giving a mugger your wallet is far cheaper and doesn't require any work compared to the cost and many hours of martial arts training. This argument is ridiculous on its face. What happens when the violence enacted on you is not for your money alone? Are you as easy with compromising your body as you are the money that you carry on you? Are you as willing to compromise the bodies of your spouse or children as you stand by helpless as someone violates them? Are you dedicated enough to the concept of nonviolence to stand by while someone else is victimized? Only you can know the answers to these questions. You must be ready to fully own your answers, though, and that includes dealing with the ramifications of them. Never think there are no consequences for being passive or submissive. There are, and they can be disastrous. The other alternative is to take personal responsibility for your physical safety, not only for you, but your family, friends, and the people in your immediate area. 
in order to take on this responsibility, you must be capable. That means training, conditioning, and wise strategy. These are what the martial arts should instill, but often fall short of. Where they miss the mark is their intent. The overall intent should be putting an end to violence in the quickest and most efficient way possible. I appreciate when this can be done with words or without physical conflict, but that's the ideal outcome. When the ideal is not possible, physical means are necessary. The goal of a martial artist is not to use the physical unless it is required. When that line has been crossed, a martial artist must be skilled enough that it is over very quickly. You can try to avoid harming the person who made the choice to cross that line, but this takes extraordinary skill and doesn't always end the conflict. You must be ready to do what is necessary to end the conflict, which is different for every situation. You must be solid not only in your training, but in your mind for what you are willing to do to put an end to violence. This takes not only a great deal of sweat, but also a degree of mental preparedness. Very few martial artists, even ones who have trained a great deal and are very proficient, have the mentality to engage in physical violence and prevail. Physical toughness and mental toughness are two different things. Good martial arts training develops both. Sadly, there's a lot of poor training out there. How can you have good training when there's no clear definition of what the training is designed to do? This is a profound question and one every martial artist should think long and hard on when it comes to their own training, so I will ask it again. How can you have good training when there is no clear definition what the training is designed to do? Another profound question. What is your personal definition for what you train martial arts for? Without answers to these, your training will likely leave you feeling like a leaf floating down a river where you drift with the current. You hope the current takes you where you want to go, but it probably won't. You don't build this kind of skill by drifting. You build it by focusing on what you want and going after it. Such a journey requires you to be demanding of yourself. It requires you to find your goals and aggressively pursue them. Just showing up to class and following direction will never get you there. You will only be going through the motions. The martial arts is filled with practitioners like this. The reason for this podcast is to illuminate the fact that the choice is yours. Once you know, now you are making a conscious choice. The choice to take on the responsibility for your security is one every elite martial artist or sport fighter made at some point. Here are two pieces of superb ancient Greek wisdom. Socrates said, No man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. Plato said, He who is only an athlete is too crude, too vulgar, too much a savage. He who is only a scholar is only too soft and too effeminate. The ideal citizen is the scholar-athlete, a man of thought and the man of action. Remember, you are not training to indulge in violence. You are training to put a stop to it as quickly and efficiently as possible. At higher levels of understanding, you are able to do this with as little harm as possible. This is a moral and noble goal. People who are capable of this are valuable and needed for a society to be peaceful and for the vulnerable to be protected. If you decide to take on this responsibility, you have my utmost respect and support. I would love to train with you. If you do not, then pray that you are lucky enough to go through life without ever encountering physical violence. It's not a safe bet, in my opinion, because the odds are so bad. 
If it happens, when it happens, you will be at the mercy of a savage, to use Plato's term. You can hope they are merciful, or you can hope someone who has chosen to be capable and responsible is nearby to save you, but hope is not a good strategy. The choice is yours. It's all up to you. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.